Good afternoon, everybody. We're up to part 13 of this marriage covenant series with the covenant of being married to Christ and being in this deep fellowship with the Christ. And in part 13, we want to look at the judgment seat of Christ. And I found in my time of being a follower that very few followers of Jesus understand and know that this is something that every follower is going to go through. Every follower of Jesus will be on a day judged for the way they have lived their lives unto Christ. Whether they have lived a life of righteousness, which has been inspired and empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. Where we've been transformed on the inside and lived and fulfilled acts of righteousness. We are going to be judged for the lives that we have lived, for every word that we have said and everything that we have done and the judgment is for reward it's not a judgment for punishment but it's a judgment for reward and i want to unpack some of the scriptures today that talk about this because this is all connected to us becoming and being the bride of christ because as we've looked at the bride of christ is not something we just automatically are we are all betrothed to be the bride but there is a faithfulness and an obedience that's required of our lives on earth because the bride is made ready on earth, not in heaven. And so let's have a look at Revelation 22, 12, which says, Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. Now, once again, this judgment seat of Christ is not for punishment, it's for reward. But as we're going to look at, there is a loss that is associated with this judgment if we haven't lived the kind of lives that we are called to live. Colossians 3, 23 to 25. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than men. Right there, you can see the importance of everything that we do is for the Lord and it's not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive a reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong. There's a warning for us that there's going to be loss for those who do wrong. Which he has done and that without partiality. So you'll be judged in accordance to God's righteous judgment for the lives that you and I have lived for reward. We must be all prepared to acknowledge the fact that there are, are eternal consequences for the lives that we actually live. And it says in verse 25 that it's fully possible for us to do wrong as followers of Jesus Jesus, and suffer the consequences for that. Let's have a look at three different passages of Scripture that talk about the judgment seat of Christ for the church. Romans 14, 10 to 13. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? We know we are not called to judge self-righteously. We are called to have discernment, but we're not called to judge self-righteously. 
For we will all stand, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another, but rather determine this, to not put an obstacle or a stumbling in a brother's way. We're all going to be faced with our own judgment before the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 to 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest in your consciousness. Paul knew through revelation there was a judgment seat coming for how we have lived. He knew there was going to be reward. He knew there was going to be loss. And so he tries to persuade every single follower through prophecy, through him sharing in the hope that this would stir up the body and make us all aware that a judgment seat was coming. In 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver or precious stones, wood, hay or straw, each man's work will become evident. It's going to become evident what your life is built upon and who you live for in the day. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. So on the day of this judgment, the fire is going to go through and it will show you what your life has been truly built upon. The fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. There it is again. If any man's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through a fire. So this has nothing to do with, with your place in heaven or hell. This is not a justified issue. It's a reward issue. But some are going to suffer loss at this judgment seat, and some are going to receive a reward. And what you and I have to decide is which camp do we want to be in? Do we want to be in the camp that receives the reward or do we want to be in the camp that suffers loss? And as I've said, Paul is attempting to persuade us all that this judgment is coming upon us all. This isn't a free for all where we can just live the way we think we can live and determine the way we want us to determine things. God has his fixed set conclusions in his kingdom and it's up to us to come under those and live those conclusions out. Paul knows that there is this prize that he is uh, searching for. He says, I'm not going to look behind me, but I press on towards the upward call of this life that is in Jesus Christ because the prize is concealed in the personhood of Jesus Christ and that's why it says on the revelation Jesus builds his church and as athletes in a race we must compete by the rules that God has set or the conclusions that God has set 
if we want to receive this prize. We don't make up the rules. We don't get to determine them. We don't get to change them. We just get to adhere to them. Listen to 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Run in such a way that you may win. Be intentional. Be focused. Run in accordance to God's conclusions that he has already set. And then you've got in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. He presses on towards this goal, this prize of the upward call, which is in Jesus himself. So I suggest to us that the bride of Christ will be determined and decided at this judgment seat. The overcomer will be decided at this judgment seat. The one who will rule and reign with Christ will be determined at this judgment seat. And this is something not to ignore. And if we do ignore it, we do it at the cost of our own inheritance. As I said, the bride is made ready on earth, not in heaven. And it's imperative that she has through obedience, uh, by faith, lived a kind of life that is bride-like, just like the son as the groom lived. And so once again, hope this encourages you. I hope it has you seeking the scriptures. Go and have a look in the scriptures of those ones that I've read out today. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring to light and to life the reality of this judgment seat because you, you and I are going to face our own judgment seat for reward. Some questions for you and I to think about. Why is the revelation of the judgment seat for every follower so essential? What will determine our reward or loss? What is the difference between a gift of salvation and the prize of inheritance? How much revelation are you currently carrying on this particular truth? And what step of trust do you need to take in relation to this truth that you've just heard about? We'll see you soon for part 14.